Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom. On this show, we, we bring in amazing, successful female real estate investors who talk about their incredible stories, their successes, and their mistakes, and, um, and just inspire us. And our guest today is definitely an inspiration. Arlene Garza launched her real estate investing business in 2012. And since then, she sponsored a total of 12 multifamily acquisitions, taking four properties full cycle, so from buying to selling, with total returns as high as 370%. Wow. Currently, her multifamily portfolio consists of 2,621 units as a deal sponsor and passive investor in Texas, Florida, and Georgia. In 2017, she established a management company, which currently manages eight of their own properties in San Antonio. So she's an investor and a property manager, which is, which is cool. Prior to establishing their real estate business, Arlene spent 20 years as an executive in the financial services industry, and she holds a BBA in finance. So excited to have her here. Welcome, Arlene. Hi, Monique. I'm excited to be on your podcast, and I'm just so honored to be able to share what I've learned about apartment investing with other women. Um, You know, you and I have been at some of the same events, uh, but we've never met face-to-face, so it's great to talk today about something we have in common. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we've been to some of the same events, and I, I mean, I've well, so somewhat similar path, but how did you get started in real estate investing? What made you, you know, you were in the financial financial services industry. What made you go, hmm, I want to invest in real estate? Sure. Well, I left the corporate world in 2008, uh, and at that time moved to San Antonio with my husband and two kids. And what happened at that time, you may recall, is that um, – There was a dip in the stock market, and so I saw friends whose investments uh, dropped in value by 30% or more. And luckily, you know, my conservative banking background, I I wasn't in the same situation, but it really um, shocked me. I think it really made me think about uh, what I wanted to do with our investment dollars. So uh, I'd always heard real estate was a solid, solid place to put your investment dollars, so uh, we started to get educated on apartment investing. Um, the way I saw it was real estate is something that I could touch and see versus with other investments. There's somebody in New York or somewhere else in the world deciding the value of my stocks or bonds. So we took off and started educating ourselves. We joined different real estate groups. We read you know, lots of books. Uh, watched videos, uh, educational videos on apartment investing. And then in 2012, we landed our first apartment units in San Antonio. And let me tell you, boy, yeah, that was real life education because we decided to manage the property ourselves, not really knowing any different. Uh, We really didn't have a mentor at the time. And so I did the marketing, the leasing, the accounting, and resident relations while my husband managed the vendors for maintenance and all the rehab work we were doing on the property. Uh, we sold it two years later, and that was the one that had the biggest return, 370%. And wow. that hooked me. Yeah. 
I was convinced <laughs> this is a way this is a way to build wealth. And so as you mentioned today with you know syndicated twelve different um the purchase of twelve different properties and have also invested passively in different parts of the country. So I'm a believer. I'm a big believer in real estate investing and all we've ever done is apartments and uh, we're very happy doing that. Great. Amazing. So let me ask you about that because that is, you know what, we have a, we share a mentor in common, uh, Brad Simrock. And I know that he started as well with a, with an apartment building, but that is very unusual. Most people start smaller, right? They start with a single family rental or, or, you know, personally, I start with a duplex. What made you start with apartments instead of starting smaller, like most people do? Sure. Well, uh, my husband had had a property management software company in Dallas, um, which he sold. He sold before we moved to San Antonio. So he had, over the years, I think he had it 14 years. And over that time, you know, he would come home and we'd have conversations about what the different owners were looking for and what software upgrades they were adding to make it easier for owners to manage their properties. And when he sold it and we moved to San Antonio, he said, you know what, I saw all the successes that the various apartment owners had um, that were using my software, and I just think it's really the way to go. And I'll tell you, again, I'm that conservative banker, and I said, well, hold on a minute, you know, because all I had ever done (laughs) were the traditional stocks and bonds and everything else like that. And so he said, well, let's just, let's go, you know, let's go visit a real estate group that focuses on that and see what you think. So we did. And the more that I learned, the more excited I got. And so again, in 2012, we, you know, took our first step and we've never looked back. Beautiful. Incredible. So now, um, You've been apartments, multifamily this whole time. Um, what, so through that you've been, you've done cycles, and you're also on the property management side. So I'm going to ask you, first I'm going to ask you about the investment side. Then I want to, I'll ask you a couple questions on the property management side. But on the sure. investment side, you've done like a couple you know, a lot. You've gone four buildings all the way through from purchase to sale, um, and I know that we all learn so much more from mistakes than we do from when things go go well. So, what would you say is your biggest mistake as um, as an investor, and what did you learn from it? Okay, boy, I have a good one for you. Um, one of the first properties we bought had a chiller on it. And what a chiller does is there's water that runs through pipes, and this big chiller kind of manages it all. And those pipes, um, the water running through that either heats or cools the apartment units. So it's not like your typical, uh, you know, AC unit that is individual to each unit. In this case, the water is running through what's called a loop. Well, it was our first time to buy a property with a chiller. And, you know, I'm not going to say that there aren't ways to make money on properties with a chiller. There are, and I've seen it. We didn't really have anyone to mentor us through this process on how to analyze that property because it's different. You know, the numbers are different. 
So in this case, you know, you've got some additional expenses that happen with a chiller. Even if the chiller is running well, what typically can happen is if you don't have, especially in San Antonio, a water softener that kind of helps treat the water, the pipes over time um, will have issues and they start to leak. And the Mm. other thing we discovered is that, you know, it's very expensive to work on these chillers. And it's hard to hire a maintenance guy who knows how to work on them. So you spend a lot of money on the units uh, individually also because that water is coming through. And if there's a leak in the unit from the pipes, then not only do you fix the the pipe, but you have to fix the sheetrock around it. And then you have water, and where you have water, you have bugs. So, you know, the other issue with it is that um, in Texas, we have crazy weather. So there are some months of the year where you can start out the morning, you know, cool in the 60s, but it may warm up to the 80s or 90s on that same day. Chiller, you have to switch it from heat to cold, and it takes a couple of hours for the the process to change over to whatever you're doing. So the impact to residents is is pretty big. Um, So at any rate, um, what we also discovered is that these properties are are on what's called a master meter. So with that master meter means all of the, the bill gets sent to the property. So it becomes the full responsibility of the property. And on average, it can be fourteen to twenty thousand dollars, depending on the size of the property. So you get the big wow. bill, and then, then yeah, then you have to turn around and, and collect it from the residents. So not only are you, you know, collecting the rent, but you're also the utility company uh, for the residents. So in a nutshell, I mean, the numbers work very differently, and your capture rate or the amount that you collect back for the utilities um, is different. So your income projections, when you do that on your analysis, have to be right. Um, And in our case, like I said, we we really didn't have a mentor guiding us through that process. And so we ended up okay. I think we ended up with a 95% total return, um, but it was a big learning experience. Yeah. No, no. It was, yes, yes. And it it was a big learning experience. And, you know, we look back and we go, we'd had a good coach like we have now, a good mentor, um, the situation would have been very different. So really the message is if you are, you know, venturing out to do this, um, make sure you have good guidance from a coach, a mentor, or someone who's done this before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, good. that's really good. Yeah, chillers scare me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I get very worried when I see a building with one of those. Uh, so how about on the property management side? What are some mistakes that, you know, property management you've seen owners make or, you know, you've, you've made just on the, the property management side? Well, if we, you know, we started out self-managing. I think we self-managed 333 units, and then uh, we tried third-party management. We um, turned over four of the properties at the time to third-party management. And I don't know if it's that we knew too much but uh, or that <laughs> we knew what they weren't doing. 
but yeah. what we found is that their attention to detail in terms of expense control, um, there are lots of things that you can do with your own staff if you know what you're doing. For example, if you have a plumbing issue in a pipe that's underground, um, that could be a five to $8,000 job if you farm it out to a vendor. What we found is that we could, you know, bring in day laborers or ha- have our own maintenance folks dig the hole, and then you bring the plumber to just fix that piece of the pipe as needed. Or your maintenance yeah. guy could do it. So, you know, that could be a savings of, you know, $7,000 right there as an example. Uh, we also found, um, for example, on flooring, we were paying about $4 a square foot for materials and labor to install vinyl plank flooring, which is very popular in our B and C class properties uh, for units mm-hmm. that were, you know, upgrading. And when we took the properties over under our management company, we brought in our own flooring crew, and that uh, cost went down to a dollar sixty-five a square foot, which oh, is wow. significant to go, yeah, to go from four dollars to a dollar sixty-five. So that that's really on the expense side of it. I think on the management side of it is um, we are able to hire our own talent for the properties. Um, mm-hmm. And not that there are, again, there are some great property management companies out there. There really are. Uh, we just didn't seem to find them when we were working with them. And so yeah. since we had the experience, we had the scale. So we, we brought a, pro- a partner in, Chris Martinez, and he brought a wealth of knowledge on the financial side. He's a CPA. And so we said, you know what, We've, let's divide and conquer I manage um, the operations side of it uh, through staff. I have a director of operations and uh, two regional managers. And then um, my husband, Jacob, uh, manages the rehab and kind of the maintenance side of the equation. And then Chris um, helps us on the deal analysis side and also the financial reporting for the property. So it was a good combination of talents, and we said, let's go for it. And let's bring the properties back in-house. So in a two-month period, we onboarded all of them, switched software, and um, we kept most of the existing staff and then hired where we needed replacements. And it's worked very well for us so far. Very good. Very cool. Um, so normally, y'all, I, I send my my guest questions beforehand and um, – I did not send you this question, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> you can answer. Sure, because you're, go ahead. You're about, um, you know, a lot of people, I, I did a podcast a little while back where I was, uh, my, my husband and I were just speaking about working together, being a married couple, and you and, and Jacob worked together. Um, and so what, how is that for you? How do you, how do you successfully work together with your spouse? Well, you know, I, I initially I will tell you it was an adjustment. <laughs> I'll say that um, just very <laughs> honestly. But I think when we really defined our roles and knew what I was going to be overseeing and what he was going to be overseeing, life became a whole lot easier because we weren't trying to step into each other's roles and 
make decisions for the other, et cetera. So once we did that, it really became a very fun thing to do together. Uh, and then adding, you know, our third partner, Chris, helped because he was able to take the, the other piece, um, which which I had had on my plate before. So it, it really is about defining the roles and a lot of communication. Uh, I can't stress that enough. You know, communicating and just being very honest and saying this is the way I feel about this particular issue and here are my suggestions and uh, being very open to hearing the other p- person's viewpoint. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So good. I totally, I, I, found, I found the same with us too. The more we can divide up our roles, the better it's gotten. And communication is key. So that's great advice. Um, it is. So on the, the flip side of the, the mistakes, I like to ask, what are you most proud of? I I am actually most proud of my family and the great friends that I have. You know, I um, had two great kids, 21 and 23 years old. And I'll tell you, Monique, that it's wonderful when you don't have to worry about them. You know, they are good, responsible people and both of them still in college, but it helps when you don't have that worry on your mind. Uh, I'm married to a great man. Uh, he's taught me a lot about business. And I've got good relationships with extended family and friends. In the end, I believe it's the people in your life who make it rich. Um, yeah. The business part of it helps. Um, but in the end, it is the people. It's the people in your life who make it better and who make it what it is. Mm, beautiful. Love that. Um, and so maybe this is a similar response, but to what do you attribute your success? You know, on the personal end, it's, it's watching my parents. I, I know a lot of folks say that, but uh, my mom and dad raised 10 of us on an income wow. of $30,000 on the high end. You know, it wasn't always that high, but on the high end, it was thousand dollars and I watched my mother budget we we never lacked for anything um but we knew kind of what to ask for and what not to ask for uh and grew up in a small town of 3,000 people where everybody really did help raise you and the one thing that I think stuck out was my mom had an opportunity to go to college but back in her day um she wasn't allowed to go so they both decided that a college education was a must for their kids. And so on our end, we knew we had to get good grades in school. Scholarships were going to make a huge difference for our parents. I mean, at one time, there were five of us in college. And so wow. we worked our way through school. We, you know, had scholarships. Of course, you have to keep the grade point average up to keep those scholarships. So, you know, what I found is that, Working hard and smart, um, you can get what you want, um, but you have to set your goals just like we did. We're going to graduate first, and then from there we're going to build a career. And then um, a lot of my siblings are entrepreneurs. And I think it was from watching my dad do, you know, small jobs around town when work was scarce. Um, He always found a way to to bring money home and, and support us. So, that was a big inspiration for me. And, you know, on the business side, I will say that 
um, it's been having a good coach. We, before we met Brad from Rock, and you, you know Brad, and you work with Brad. Um, yeah. We had the four, we had the four properties, you know, within a couple of years of working under his guidance and mentorship, you know, we've grown it from, you know, the four to 12, and then back now we have the eight properties and, you know, grown our assets, you know, by, to $120 million, which we really didn't think about when we started um, this process, but it's, it's been a, it's been a good journey, but it's been about having um, a coach and finding somebody that has done it themselves and, you know, building a good team because you, you can't do it alone. Yeah. So good and so inspiring. I love that. You know, especially, um, you know, where you come from. But that, as as you said, it's actually having had to to work to get it through college and, and to, you know, watching your parents, that contributes to your success. So oftentimes it's not getting things easily that makes you successful. It's having had to work for it and make it make it happen so beautiful thank Um, you yeah you know I I have been a big proponent of I mean our kids have worked every summer since they were freshmen in high school Uh, a lot of them have been on the properties but you know I told them when you're you know you finish college you've got to have your own career you've got to have your own life um, and you've got to build that foundation for it and that's understanding what it's like to go to work every day and, and the value of what you earn. Yeah. So good. Um, so you, you know, you've been, you've been doing this for quite a while now. What advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out? Or you can I, I would answer start- what you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know. Sure. Well, one of the things I'll say is my advice is remove fear from your vocabulary. You know, mm. one of my favorite one of my favorite songs, you know, the lyrics fear is a liar. It can make you believe that you're not worthy enough or smart enough to make it. Instead, replace that fear with knowledge. Educate yourself. You know, educate yourself on the real estate lingo. Find a good coach. And build your network of brokers, lenders, investors, and partners, that team of people that are going to help you get there. And I found it's totally doable. But you have to work with people who can guide you, support you, and help you along the way. And, you know, we've tried to do that um, also. Uh, Folks come to us and will ask us questions. Well, you know, I've got this issue. What should I do? And we don't coach them. We, you know, we're not coaches. But we'll, we'll give them guidance. You know, we'll say, well, this is how we handled a particular situation. And so um, it's also about giving back, I believe. You know, somebody helped us get started early on, and we want to help others as, as they progress as in part, apartment investors. But for women, I say don't let fear hold you back. Um, it, it is a pretty male-dominated environment. I came from banking, very similar male-dominated environment. But put yourself out there. Build that network. Let people know that you've educated yourself on how to invest in apartments, and they'll believe you. Yeah, beautiful. I love that advice. Remove fear from your vocabulary. That's a tweetable. And replace fear with knowledge. <laughs> but, uh, 
brilliant. Such good advice. Um, all right. So what um, what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? You know, I wish we had started bigger. Um, owning a property that's big enough to have a property manager either on site or a property management company, uh, if you're choosing not to run it yourself, is really a better place to start. Um, looking back, I wish we had started out with a bigger property. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for what I learned uh, firsthand running the, the small property we bought, but I found as I look back that it slowed down our ability to grow. We were so mm-hmm. busy working in the business and not on the business, being that people don't quite understand, and a lot of times new investors is that it doesn't take loads of money to start out, but you do need to work with others to get the capital and the loan and everything you need to buy the property. Um, but, again, it's that team of people that you build around you, uh, other investors you know, that want to invest either passively or want to co-sponsor with you, finding a lender that you know, will, will help you get started. Um, those were the things that we did on the first one, and – but, again, we, we should have started bigger, you know, but we didn't, and that's okay. We're, we're at a good place, and, you know, we set our goals, and we built our team, and that's what I would tell people. Set your goals. What do you want to achieve in real estate investing? Build your team. It really is, Monique, I've heard you say it many times, it's a team sport. Um, and go for yeah. it. Don't let, don't let fear or anybody hold you back. Go for it. So good. So good. Yay. All right. (laughs) So before we get into our trinity, um, how can people want to find out more about you and what you do and get in touch? How can they, how can they find you? Uh, They can reach me at invest at reapequity.com. Invest at reapequity.com. Or is uh-huh. it, let me. Yeah, spell it. Go ahead. Okay, invest. As it sounds at R, as in Robert, E as in Eva, E as in Eva, P as in Paul. Reapequity.com. Okay. And that's Yeah, Reap is stands for Real Estate Equity Partners. We just shortened it to Reap because it kind of had a double meaning reap the rewards <laughs> and yeah. you know, real estate equity partners. So it works for us. All right. Beautiful. And now it's time for our famed end of show Trinity. So what's one thing you're celebrating right now? What's, what, what are you bragging? We just uh, syndicated and closed our biggest deal. It was a 537 unit to property portfolio acquisition. Woo, yeah. So uh, it it helped us increase our portfolio value to over $120 million, which, again, if you'd have told me that, you know, six years ago when we started, I, I would have said, wow. <laughs> but uh, here we are, and it's, it's been so much fun for us. Uh, this is what we do full time, and it's been wonderful because the way I see it also is, it's not only about doing good for our investors and for ourselves. We invest in every 
deal that we put together, but I look at what we've been able to do at the properties and some of the services and, and just providing good quality living for our residents. And that's the biggest thing. I think that's where I think we've all well bragged. Oh my God, that's hot. I was fanning myself. (laughs) Good. Um, What's one thing you're grateful for? The faith that my mother helped foster from when I was little. Uh, It's carried me Mm -hmm. through a lot in life. uh, And I've been very intentional in sharing that faith with my kids. In fact, you know, it warms my heart and they both have thanked my husband and I for sharing our faith with them. You know, I always look at faith, family, fun, and finances. Those are the things that I focus <laughs> on. And it, it keeps me centered. You know, it's so easy to get busy with the work and everything around there. But um, really, the faith is what keeps me going. Mm, I love that. And I love those priorities in that order, faith, family, fun, and finances. Beautiful. Yep. And yep. last but not least, what's one thing you desire? You know, I was just at a coaching class, um, and I saw a poster, you know, I was looking at the wall, and it said, make your purpose greater than your money. And it really mm. resonated with me. Uh, you know, I, on the business side, I would like to see our portfolio grow to 10,000 units. And that would allow us to grow uh, our philanthropic fund. We really mm. give now um, to various charities, but I want to do more for others, and I, th- I see business as a means to, to do that, um, to help us build that fund that we will be able to use to help others, um, you know, in, in our communities. Beautiful. So shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine? Oh, that's, that's nice. That is nice. Mm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Arlene. Your your story and your like little nuggets of gold that you threw in there were were so brilliant and um, really inspiring. So thank you, thank you so much again. Um, again, you guys thank can you, find her. In, oh, my pleasure. Invest at reapequity.com. And you can find me at realestateinvestorgoddesses.com. There you can connect with our community of incredible women investors from all over the country and the world. And um, so I hope to see you there. And I'll hear you next time for the for our Real Estate Investor Goddess interview. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.